We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you this important bulletin from the United States. This is not a test. Every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network will bring you The Poor Rapport, your one-stop podcast shop for everything news and topics of personal interest. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and you can hear me every Tuesday. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Podcast about everything nerd with your hosts Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake, or have we? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 175. I am your host, Nate. As always, joining me today is the Jack Kirby to my Stan Lee, the one, the only. Brando, how you doing today, dude? Welcome, true believers, to Journey yes. into Comics 175. Nate, we are nearing in another big, this is another landmine episode at uh, as I said, landmine. I think I meant landmark. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not an not explosive gonna, episode. It's not. Oh, it, it's gonna be a pretty explosive episode, sure. But one seventy-five, man, uh, coming in through. You know, it, it, it gets to a point, and I think that's when I'm gonna start doing after two hundred, where until we reach another oh oh number, I'm not. I'm be like, this is just another episode. This is just another thing, because. Um, it gets to a point where maybe I psych myself out saying, oh, man, this episode has to be this because it's this number and it's got to be up to this par. Dude, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. We got to come in week in, week out, deliver some great content to all of our great listeners and who I want to welcome right now into the show. And, Nate, today we have absolutely nothing on the docket. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We didn't put up a plan. We didn't. We, we don't have a game plan. We don't have a rundown. This is like... Literally, you and me, early in the morning, it's not even early in the morning anymore, because it took it's you so long. It's not as early as it was. <laughs> no. It took you so long to roll out of bed that I've been sitting here, uh, I've already eaten breakfast, I've, I, I've already cracked into my first caffeinated beverage of the day, and uh, it's gotten to a point of where, originally I think I was going to do another show today, but now it's like I don't want to. <laughs> No, just keep it loose today, Brando. My thing is always, I think sometimes we do really good flying off the cuff on podcasts because it forces us to be our absolute best selves. We have to think on our feet and be able to just kind of be tangential, work our way into topics and stuff. Before we really get there, though, I want to say episode 175 has an interesting thing I have not told you about because I don't know if you know this. But since the Journey into Comics Network got into the month of December, every Journey into Comics episode that is an even number has made our top 10 in the past three months. However, if it is an odd number, it has not made our top 10 in the past one month. So 175, hopefully will be a slobber knocker of an episode that will break this weird curse. It's so funny to look at because it's like 168, 170, 172, 174. I'm like, holy shit, we're, we're the evens. When you said the word tangential, it, it made me think of Robin Williams as, like, as the genie for some reason. And I'm just like, 175 is this magical, wonderful place. 
<laughs> that was a really good genie. Uh, now, Brando, you know, it's cool because this show, it does work a lot on the idea of that we can just like kind of riff with our tangents and whatnot and just kind of go, go with the flow. A lot of, there's not like a lot of really crazy news. There's a lot of like topics I want to kind of touch on. Nothing really in my mind sticks out right out the gate, but I'm going to tell you some things I've been doing that's going to kind of lead into this. So as everybody knows, and I'm not trying to just do a big, long fucking start to show sales pitch, Brando, that's not what I'm about, but patreon.com backslash journey into comics, three bucks, join the road to Patreon or the road to Patreon. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, folks, folks, I fucked that up. Join the Road to Infinity War on Patreon. We're doing every Infinity War or every Infinity War. See, I'm off my game today. Let's start over, folks. Here we go. Three, two, one. So go to our Patreon at journeyintocomics.com or patreon.com backslash (laughs) (laughs) Today, I do not have the plugs in me for some reason. It's like... It's coming out all not in the right order. Okay, I'm gonna try you're one like, last. You're like the sheriff of Rottingham from the uh, the uh, Robin Hood Men, Men in Tights. Tights. Yes, like, like he's so dyslexic, he just starts picking up random words from the sentence in order. <laughs> okay, folks, here we go. I'm gonna try this it's, again. It's the existence of our train. Train of our existence. Here we go. It's gonna set me right. We're on track now. Because the train of our existence showed They're Virate up. Pikings. Virate Pikings. Okay, we'll remember that one, too. Anyways, folks, go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Join the road to infinity where we're going to review every MCU movie. Brando and I started with uh, Iron Man, working all the way to butt stuff, going to cover uh, Black Panther. And then, of course, the very next day after that episode drops will be Infinity War. It will be time you will have joined us on our road through Infinity War where we're going to be discussing where you can find Stan Lee and all the cool cameos and all the neat Easter eggs and maybe some of the after credit stuff and where are the Infinity uh, Stones within the MCU and uh, also, you know, what kind of crazy post-credits can they come up with? And I'm looking at you, Mr. Four post-credit scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm only bringing up the Patreon stuff, Brando, because recently you and I, I didn't, I didn't know you were doing this, but I knew I was doing this just because... I have worked my way through the MCU in its entirety, front to back, as far as things that are released digitally and or physical release. So, of course, I haven't rewatched Thor Ragnarok. I did see that in theaters, and, of course, Black Panther's not out yet. Uh, but, man, it's been really kind of cool to reflect on the MCU, and it's nice to talk about it here while we still have a lot to go within the Infinity war that we're doing because i think only episode three or four just dropped no four drops this week but stuff's review of thor will drop on wednesday okay so i'm not working my way through um i watched iron man i watched hulk because i helped out on the literature review and i'm i'm watching thor dark world uh for game addicts review of that now here's the thing i'm actually trying not to go along because what i want to do and I want, and I've been noticing this already, and you're gonna hear it uh, more in detail on, like, on the game Maddox review of Thor: Dark World. What it, this movie is a sequel, yes, it is a sequel to Thor, but it's also a sequel in a sense to other movies because they reference other movies. They, in the plot, they just, she says, "I saw you in New York or on TV. You were in New York." They don't say what it was. It's the Avengers. You know it though because they created this universe. But what if you've never seen this? 
then what you don't we, understand that this is a sequel to two movies. So, like, that's what I'm saying is that, like, they, yes, for most people, they understand, they get it. He was he was in New York at, at, at the incident with everything going on. But you, if this is your first time coming in, you you've got to make this movie more accessible, and that is a detriment to me. For for them to drop these little things where they're like, if you don't know it, you don't know what's going on. Like literally, that should have been a little bit like more of a sales pitch to go watch that one if you've never have. Do that in a way where you know, you know the they kind of did it later on with Loki turning into Cap. A little uh, bit, yeah. When he's walking with Thor. Well, because first, you know, uh, he turns Thor into Lady Sif, and then he goes, "What? Oh, because maybe if I was one of your one like one of your new friends, and it, he, then he turned into Cap, right? So it was like, so there's that, and then like you kind of understand, oh, that's Captain America, okay, I, yeah. I mean, granted, you have to be kind of living under a rock to not know what know what those movies are, but to the same token, you you've got to constantly be thinking about. Uh, scripting and words when you're looking at bringing in somebody brand new this is their first exposure to this don't make them that confused and I kind of feel like Thor Dark World I'm like I'm halfway through this freaking movie and it I'm I know what's going on and I'm still a little lost (laughs) oh man I can't wait to hear your guys's full review on that uh Game Addicts had two movies you guys are doing Thor the Dark World, as you just said. You're also reviewing Ant-Man, and as I was saying off-air, I really love that because Mike, I, I will never I will never not hear him say this the other day when I was last with you guys. Mike said, I've never seen Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And that shocked me because I thought Mike was a pretty genuine Ant-Man fan. It's kind of how it's come off in a couple episodes of J.I.C., so I was a little bit more hopeful that he would give it a chance. And then, of course, you know, things happen. It slips your mind. You just never get to it. I understand how that happens. So it just it's really awesome that his first time seeing it is going to be your guys's review. He also hasn't seen Civil War. Wow. And they haven't. I don't think they've seen Doctor Strange either. Man. Um, uh, and, that, you know, and, and that's one thing I also I also want to mention. It's kind of awesome in my rewatch of the entire MCU to notice how. The Disney buyout slowly changed and rolled things over and how you can slowly see the evolution of what they're trying to do. And then once the training wheels fell off, I think like I really genuinely believe that they had a couple stumbles with Iron Man 3, which I give I give that movie a lot more credit now rewatching it. I've said that before. It's definitely better as a Christmas movie. If you put that in your mind, like. This is like a Christmas story, or this is like Elf, or this is like fucking um, Rudolph, you know? If you put it in that, like, keep it in Christmas when you watch it, it helps to make Iron Man 3 a little bit better. And, of course, that's not my review, and I digress. Uh, However, it's like Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World were a little bit of the MCU's really stumblings at the end there. That's right when, like, the Perlmutter news kind of broke and everything was starting to fall off the wheels there. And then, boom, Winter Soldier kicks ass. Guardians kicks ass. And everything after Winter Soldier, in my opinion, in the MCU has been solid. Now, Age of Ultron, good movie. Solid movie. We're going to be reviewing that on Foodies Watching Movies. Uh, Maybe I gave it a little bit too much praise when we originally reviewed it way back on. I am Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No strings Mm. on me. No, 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 no. It was was uh, Journey into Ultron. Journey Journey into into Ultron. Ultron. Um, I I definitely think that movie's better than the original Avengers. 
I agree. Uh, but I, again, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it because it isn't a perfect movie. But oh, it has some a, interesting flaws I found in my rewatch. Uh, but it definitely is a lot more fun. Truth. Oh, so um, much truth. So, like, f- from that aspect, you know, uh, maybe I wouldn't give it as high as I gave it then, but on first watch, I, I remember really thoroughly enjoying the movie. Yeah, it, it did the concept of the Avengers better than the first one. Because well, the concept of the Avengers in the first movie was, like, getting the team to work together and get that one yeah. shot. Well, And yeah, this movie now, was, like, the d- actual character development of everyone. And... Well, yeah, a lot of everyone, but you also get a lot more development with characters who either haven't or aren't getting another movie to themselves. And then you also have uh, you already got you already had the first one. It's like okay, now we got this. Now we can like, well, what if you know Hulk did go rogue? How would they handle that? So now you get to see that kind of a, a, a you know kind of a thing play out. Also, you know? another thing I love is knowing rewatching Age of Ultron knowing what happens to Hulk and how that resolves in uh, Ragnarok made me really thoroughly enjoy his character development even more than I did the first time because Ruffalo is just slaying as Banner. I think he's better as a ensemble character and not as a solo movie. Not to say that Ruffalo couldn't hang by himself. I'm not I'm not, I want you I don't want anybody to think that I don't want him to have his own like fucking Planet Hulk or which is kind of what they did in Ragnarok or like World War Hulk or whatever. I'm all for that, but I just love so much more watching Mark Ruffalo, this genuinely beautiful actor. I I don't mean that like by his looks. I just think that he has this, there's a way about his face that can really easily move you because he knows how to just convey what he's feeling, and that's strong. So uh, to see him work with somebody like, I can't wait to see interaction between him and Tom Holland. It's going to be amazing, especially after the interaction he just had with Chris Hemsworth in the solo Thor movie. And then you think, you know, it's like every time Ruffalo has been on screen, it's been it's been solid. I, I will say that's one of the probably best decisions that they made as far as a recast is concerned. Not to say that the Don Cheadle, uh, Terrence Howard recast is bad. Um, I just think that Terrence Howard is a little too chic to play Rhodey. I always envisioned Rhodey as a little bit more rugged. And that's no detriment to Don Cheadle, but um, you know we were talking about. Go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say he's he's a little bit more of a rugged round ball player. Oh yes, dropping that round ball reference, my friend. A couple things here on the docket. I did write some stuff down here. Uh, did we talk about this? Okay, hold on. I'm gonna do this in the right order so I don't fuck this up. First of all, earlier we were talking about what movies that Game Addicts has on the road to Infinity War which you guys can find that information out on the Journey Into Comics Facebook at facebook.com backslash Journey Into Comics podcast. But, uh, you know, Brando, you guys have Ant-Man, right? It's 2018, and the Ant-Man sequel is coming out this year. It's like, holy shit, you forgot that it was even happening because Infinity War is just such this daunting thing in front of us. And it makes me very, almost terrified for Ant-Man and the Wasp because you have this mega almost cliffhanger guaranteed movie and then in between it and its sequel you have Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel so Ant-Man and the Wasp like is that going to take place 
outside of the universe, does Paul Rudd not make it through Infinity War? And this is a flashback story. Flat, like I, I, I just don't know how they're going to place this in the timeline or if everything is going to temporarily stop. And then it's just like Paul Rudd and and his Scott Lang character are on Earth and everything's normal and he's just being Ant-Man. Because Ant-Man and the Wasp is supposed to be a rom-com, Brando. The first rom-com in the MCU. But I don't know. Do you know about the controversy? Have you heard about what's going on with the Ant-Man and the Wasp? No, I haven't. What's going on? Oh, dude. Okay, so here's... I, I'm gonna, I don't want you to look anything up because I don't want, I don't want your brain to spoil this for you, okay? I'm going to send you two pictures. And I've got to pull them up first. Uh, I'm going to send you two pictures. Now, I will say that here's a cool thing. Uh, the costumes for Ant-Man and the Wasp have really cool little hidden Easter eggs, okay? And I'm trying to get this to actually, this article to pull up here. But each character has, like, okay, on the Wasp's actual outfit, even though it's not, like, something that's super highlighted that you can obviously tell, there are lines that make it look like a Wasp face on her chest, right? And the same can be said for Ant-Man. It's really cool how they subtly did that. And I'm trying to see... Oh, that's not the picture I wanted. Sorry. Damn it. <sighs> I hate that. Sometimes you pull up something on comicbook.com and you think that they've hooked you up and all it is is that they failed you. Ant-Man and... And... Ants. I put Ants the Wasp. Ant-Man ends the Wasp. <laughs> Toki. Oh my God, that would be hilarious. Toki reviews the MCU. <laughs> or Squizgar reviews the MCU. <laughs> okay, so let's look at these images here because I'm sure one's going to be the one I want you to see. Okay, so I'll send you this image first. Um, maybe if I can actually. Okay, here it's pulling up on Empire.com. Cool. Download image. Okay, I'm almost there. So, Brandon, what I'm going to ask you to do is, like. I'm not saying this in a sexual manner, but when you look at this picture, I want you to look at her chest and notice that they're like eyes. And then in her collarbone region on the wasp, it looks like uh, antennas, right? I don't know if you can see that. There was a picture. I can't find it online. Let me see if I can find that one, too. There was a better picture that had it like highlighted where you could actually like tell that there was like the cool... Little Easter egg thing. Of course, that has since disappeared from the interwebs because that's how shit works on the interwebs. Somebody did a really nice job of highlighting it. Anyways, her, her suit almost looks like in uh, seven armor. From like, her suit also looks kind of like a praying mantis a little bit. If you look a at a little bit, but okay. like honestly, both suits look like they could be pulled right from Mass Effect. Maybe they had some inspiration. Well, uh, I don't know if again you probably can't tell, but Paul Rudd's suit also has like an ant face on it which if i can find the highlighted picture some point in the next couple days i'll send it to you but brandon here's where this the switch happens i want you to look at this picture look have the wasp focused in and then turn your phone upside down 
What, what do like, you see? Like the picture that you just sent me? Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing. There's great controversy because it looks like there's a giant penis pointing in between her legs on her costume. And people are obviously crying out, oh my God, it's so, you're sexually harming her and this that, is so. That, was, that is such an accident. Incidental. You, a hundred percent. That is such an accident, man. And especially if you go back and you look at the uh, the prototype armor that they show in the post credit sequence of Ant Man One, it is the same fucking design. Nothing has changed. No one said shit then. No one's like, oh, in the post credit scene, if you turn it upside down, it looks like a cock going to her legs. No one said that because you know what? It wasn't that big of a deal. But now we're in 2018. It's a big fucking deal. If something might look unintentionally phallic. Are we at a point, Brando? I want you to give me your opinion here. Are we at a point now where people are just looking for this shit? Yep. God oh, damn yeah. it. It's because, frustrating. I mean, it, and it's not just like, you know, over, like overly sexualizing stuff. It's it's finding things that in your brain associating them with, uh, with things. So it's like. Whether or not they're, you know, oh, you, yeah, yeah, like you see something, and you see, like, uh, for example, this is something that happened, um, uh, and it's like, okay, so there's a baby doll, uh huh, and like, it happens to be a Afri an African American black baby doll, and next to it was is an empty space with, and there are two prices, like, like, like underneath. And these are clearanced out. One is priced lower. The other one is priced a little higher. And then you get like, all it says on there is Hasbro. And you, you get the thought of, wow, okay. So they're really like selling this one for a lot cheaper then. Uh-huh, really? But they're, they're actually two different things made by the same company. Two different products. It's not even the same doll. But it's but it's the mental thought. It's the thought that we put ourselves in, trying to find problems within our society, F trying and in in something like that. It, number one, it's like your brain instantly goes to that. So it's like, it, like stop, pull yourself back, and think. Did they mean to put a penis on her suit? No, not at all. It was just no. good costume design, and I fucking love the prototype armor in that first movie. When they show that in the post credit, I fucking marked out. Seriously, it kind of says a lot to the people who said, turn this picture upside down, it looks like a penis. And then it's like, how could you guys do that to her? It's like, guys, like, I never saw the armor upside down. I, I literally never meant to put penis and balls on her suit. But, but now that you've said that, now, because one it. now, so like, it was a. It's got to be an accident. There's no way they did that on purpose. I mean, that this isn't the whole, you know, uh, Castle of Atlantis on like Little Mermaid VHS set. Oh yeah, that was like legit intentional penis drawing hidden. But I just sent you the. Uh, I found the highlight of the suit chesty plate thing. Oh gosh. No, 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 no. It's the good thing. It's the ant and the wasp that are like hidden on their chests that are really cleverly done. You don't even have to click the article. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. 
the picture I, literally shows you. I thought it was outlining the phallus. So no, 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 no. This is outlining I, I get the it, actual. Though. Yeah. All right, so guys, if if you guys hear me make any sort of weird noises, I am actually hooked up to a tens unit, and the setting I have it on right now to help me out with my sciatic pain, it's it's on full blast, and occasionally it just pokes me, and it feels like a needle poking you, and. The weird thing is, Nate, I'm sitting here all all chillaxed, and like all of a sudden, like, and I, and I haven't had this happen since you know since I just put it on yet, like yesterday, but like my whole leg started doing this. It's <laughs> <laughs> time it like just just jelloing out. Yeah. Um, Damn. But yeah, dude. Um, I love the Easter egg of the ant and the wasp on their suits. If you guys go yeah. to comicbook.com and just search Ant Man. The second thing says hidden insect heads revealed on are on suits. And it's so cleverly done because it's not it's not typical of a superhero movie or more I should say modern superhero movies to not have some sort of highlighted thing that lets you know the superhero by way of marking their chest or some part of their body that makes them instantly recognizable. I think that Scott Pym slash or Hank Pym slash Scott Lang in Ant-Man, those characters work so well because they are identified by the awesomeness that they can shrink and now get bigger. Uh, the rewatch of Ant-Man was really cool too. Uh-oh. You're thinking about the penis now getting bigger. I knew it. You son of a bitch. Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. So this movie, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the other thing that's kind of cool is it's got to tie some stuff up from the first movie. And one of the big themes in the first movie is Hank's wife. What happened to her? Where did she go? Where is Janet Van Dyne? Apparently she went subatomic and is somewhere in the quantum sphere, which is another thing that's really cool. In Ant-Man, they actually set up the law of multi-universe dimensions and they use the same methodology and imagery in Doctor Strange, which is really yep. cool. So it's that continuity thing, and, and that's the thing to talk about again. So, uh, you know, just to talk briefly at the end of here about the Ant-Man thing, I'm excited for the movie, yeah. I think that people suck for constantly picking shit apart. Part of me feels like sometimes, Brando, motherfuckers just like... I, and I don't want to specifically call out like certain DC fans. I feel like there are certain people who are legitimate trolls. We know that to be a fact in life now in the world we live in who look for shit to try. Like, do you remember when it was a great controversy and everybody was like, oh, man, Doctor Strange is going to tank at the box office now because they whitewashed the ancient one. And it's like, you know, Tilda, Swan is Tilda, Tilda Swinton, Swanson, I don't know what her name is, the lady that played the ancient one. She did a great job. So what that it was a lady and he, she wasn't Asian? It well, was just it was an interesting perspective. Give it to her. So what? She was Celtic. I mean, they just kind of changed the change. Changed. They just kind of roll around a little bit. Yeah. No. Um, it, it, it's funny you bring up DC because there actually is some DC stuff kind of floating around. Oh yes, there is. Um, about how Affleck's last appearance could actually be in Suicide Squad two, and, and we don't know Flashpoint. if we don't know if Flashpoint's even happening at this point. Oh, that's right. They just released a, a like a schedule of movies that are coming out, and there were some stuff that was at one point announced that is now off the off the list, and other stuff that wasn't on the list that 
I don't remember how that all went. I'm pulling it up now. I forgot well, they to have mark a new, this. They have a new kind of, I don't want to say the word showrunner. This isn't oh, Walking Dead. We they didn't. Got, they, because they got a new guy in charge, and they're kind of like changing, and, and they're making changes due to the lack of success that Justice League had. Um, which is not fair to that movie. It wasn't the, I mean, Justice League isn't the greatest movie that you'll ever see. But, I mean, for people like, to me, I thought that movie was every bit as good as the, as the first Avengers movie. The only thing the first Avengers movie had going forward is that it had a little bit more of a easier time cycling into some of these characters because they already had their own films. So, you know, they had to spend a lot more time in Justice League establishing Flash, establishing Cyborg, establishing uh, Aquaman. But the All other right. characters, they didn't have to. But so Batman, Affleck or Batfleck could be bowing out, which we've kind of heard that he's been maybe wanting to do. And now it's to the point of where the, I can't remember the name of the director, top of my head, Planet of the Apes. Uh, 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 the guy that's uh, Batman Matt Reeves. Trilogy. Matt Reeves. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, the, the Reeves trilogy may not even be in canon with what's going on in the, within the DCEU and could just be a set of Batman films by itself. Uh, okay, so here's what I got here. From Revenge of the Fans Revenge Report, they re- <laughs> that's what it's called, they revealed uh, author Mario Francisco Robles claims Warner Brothers' real slate of movies is currently Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman 2, Flashpoint, and The Batman but not necessarily in that order, whatever that means. Of course, Aquaman is definitely coming out this year. I don't think anything else is going to all of a sudden magically get filmed and be out before Aquaman, so I think that is definitely first. But as far as Shazam through the Batman, that could all happen in whatever order everything happens. And I know Matt Reeves just recently released that he has his story in place for the Batman. Now look, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> like how I started. Oh something shit! You know, I was actually I was gonna follow up with the list of movies that were not on that list. If that makes okay, sense, go for it. Uh, ho- well, hold on, because I left the fucking article like a dumbass. How does that always happen to me, Brandon? I feel like I push the wrong button sometimes, and then I, and like on my phone, and I'm just like, no, and then you can't take it back. Uh, so here we go, back to the list. My fault, folks. Sorry to delay our show by a few min- minutos, seconds. No, that didn't work. Uh, so the last half of this has, according to the site, Warner Brothers isn't developing supposedly in the work projects such as Suicide Squad 2, Batgirl, Lobo. We've got where the rest of the motherfucking list go. Oh, here it goes. Su- uh, Justice League Dark. Uh, okay, hold on. What the hell? There's the list. Suicide Squad 2, Batgirl, Lobo, Cyborg, Deadshot, Deathstroke, Black Adam, Booster Gold, Gotham City Sirens, Birds of Prey, Todd Phillips' Joker movie, and the Joker Harley movie have not been, uh, according to this report, are no longer in development. This list differs slightly from what Warner Brothers released at the Brazil Comic-Con experience last month, which featured... Wonder Woman 2, Aquaman, Flashpoint, Justice League Dark, Suicide Squad 2, Batgirl, Shazam, Green Lantern Corps, and the Batman as part of its lineup. So there's, I, there might be great controversy going on here. I think that's very interesting that shit's still shaking up. It is, it's interesting. I, I, I really don't like the idea of having all these DC films 
and then having a non-canon Batman series that fits in with those. Right? It just doesn't feel right. And another thing, my opinion, Brando, if you were to rebuild the DCEU, it like, like okay, let's say very much like our government and society right now, we need to hit the big giant reset button and start all over. Uh, if you could do that with the DCEU, wouldn't you make the cornerstone of that universe the realest character to get into as in your Batman and then branch from that? Mm-hmm. Not your most, un- no offense, not your most unrealistic character in Superman and try to backbuild that normal ass everyday dudes are well, going to compete with that. That just, it does, it did, it, it, from the jump, that decision has still never sat right with me. Somebody actually brought this up and said that the Dark Knight trilogy would have been the perfect intro into a DCEU. I think you said this, Brando, because you didn't you say that um help me to tell tell me if I'm saying this wrong or misspeaking for you. I think that you elaborated that how awesome would it have been for the Dark Knight trilogy, Dark Knight Rises is ending. It's at the end of the movie and all of out of nowhere Superman drops from the sky. So you have this mostly realistic universe, and all of a sudden the most unrealistic shit possible just happens. Right. It sets it for the future. I'm almost certain you said that on a, on a journey into comics in the past. I may have, uh, but I just remember it in the back in the cockles of my brain somewhere. The uh, See, the thing is, is that you would have Bruce, whether or not, I mean, and of course that's the Christian Braille. He's like, yeah, peace out, bro, I'm out, Batman, you know, I'm dead. But then... Now he's in the kind of the in the Affleck type thing, and he 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 uh, he's older, he's broken up, he's wore down. You already have three adventures with this character, his beginning, his middle, and his his end. But now here's the extension of that. Here's the Justice League, here's Superman, here's Wonder Woman, and he's just like, I I got better ranks. <laughs> he's like, I, I made these from hand, you know, and you could even go like a. Can you imagine the whole like uh, Superman Batman conversation? And Batman's like, "Why do you want to kill me?" And Superman's like, "Even with my hearing, I couldn't make out what you said." Why are you killing Superman? What was that? Did you just say you want to eat a piece of ham? <laughs> Why do you want to kill me, Superman? <laughs> <laughs> I loved, um, see, uh, eventually uh, the bad Batman series started throwing in the Superman thing. And they actually did a thing where it was like Superman and Batman on top of like like, like a building talking to each other. And it, and it was a Dark Knight version. I don't know. Uh, I, I definitely, I, I've actually been itching to want to go back and rewatch the Dark Knight series. Uh, it, it's very interesting. Um to think about that because now we're we had Affleck and I thought Affleck was he's a fine Batman I think he's a fine Bruce Wayne there's nothing wrong with that version of like a, like of the character at all and then I I, I just kind of feel like they 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 hit a few foul balls and they then they hit a home run with Wonder Woman Justice League wasn't necessarily a foul ball but it was an infield play I feel like everyone's down on it. And I feel like no matter what they do, when it's the whole, it's not going to get the chance that it deserves. I have an idea. But it's going to be a little convoluted, so stick with me here for a second, Brando. 
I think I have a really brilliant way to fix the DCEU. Just let whatever the movies that you have scheduled now, just let that shit come out. It doesn't matter. This is the, we'll call it the golden age of DC movies. This is, and I don't mean golden as in it was the best age. I'm saying it was first, right? It's almost the stone age of DCEU. I think what would be the dopest, coolest, most set in reality move you could make is in six to ten years, and I know that's down the road a little bit, if you keep Gotham on the same strength path you've been on for four seasons, and we just got Veronica all the way caught up with Gotham. She watched all four seasons up to the mid-season finale of this year. Uh, and it's just, to me, it's it's way better than The Flash. I think I've been misspeaking for many years saying The Flash is my favorite superhero show because while I love The Flash and I love the superheroism of it, what makes the Gotham show so great is the deep evolution and slow building, character building of their villains and watching these people who weren't bad people per se to start go off the deep end. And I think it would be beautiful in six to ten years when David Mazu, I think that's how you say his name, it's really a weird name, it's like M-A-Z-O-U-Z. So, <laughs> I, I, oh, is that like Tommy Wiseau? Tommy I like Wiseau. that. I watched. We'll talk about. We'll be talking about that on the next foodies, which is next week. But uh, I definitely did watch the Disaster Artist, and I loved it. Uh, hey, all right. So I know you had a thought, and, and I know you're going somewhere. But I'm sure. interjecting. This is this kind of show. Sure. At work, Blaine and and uh, another coworker came up with like, "What if Joker from Dark Knight was Tommy Wiseau?" And it's like, you want to know how I got scars? I make pencil disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so, Batman, how's your sex life? Rachel, you're tearing me apart. You're tearing me apart, Rachel. And then you, of course, then, then you got like shit like. Does that mean in the final scene of the movie, he would shoot himself and it would be like, <laughs> bang. <laughs> and then he would fall over. Uh, all right. So check it out. Oh, theatrics are <laughs> oh, great for the uninitiated. <laughs> I say it's hard for me to do with this now. But we are initiated, aren't we, Mr. Wayne? <laughs> See, this actually changes the tone of Tommy's voice, so I, I don't know if I could do it very well. Because this makes it sound like Bane. It does. It really does. Of course it does. He speaks into a Coke can. That's Mountain Dew Lime? Uh, What's ice. it called? Ice. Mountain Dew Ice. Uh, but... So then I'm like starting to do things like, like, you spent too much time thinking about whether or not you could. You didn't stop to think if you should. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to think, like, you know how I did the Bane lines all those episodes ago? Yeah. I just started doing them all as like, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see serious shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a great segment to not for us to do because I want I would want the actual like Tommy himself to do it. It would be hilarious <laughs> to make him read a bunch of movie quotes like from uh, different movies or like act movie like how how hilarious would it be? And I'm going to get back to my Gotham thought in a second, but Tommy Wiseau doing the Ezekiel 25:17 like speech from Pulp Fiction. How hilarious would that be? All right. Well, um I I I kind of did that at work. What? You did the Ezekiel twenty five seventeeny? Well, not the whole thing because I don't have it all memorized. Uh, 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 let's just look up Pulp Fiction quotes, okay? Because sure. I did a couple. 
Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak to the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and finder of lost children. And I will strike her down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt and poison to destroy my brothers. <laughs> just, just brothers. So, I mean, there's that one, but then you got like, uh, you know, it's like, say what, Brett? Say what say, again? Oh, say what again? It's like, it's like, you, you want know the funniest thing about Europe is, what? It's the little differences. I mean, they got the same shit. It's just different, you know. It's like. So you can go into theater in Amsterdam and buy beer and see Hollywood movie. <laughs> I want to make authentic Hollywood movie. Do you know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese? They call it Royale with cheese. What do they call a Big Mac? Well, Big Mac is Big Mac, they, but they call it Le Big Mac. What do they call a Whopper? I don't know. Did not go to Burger King. <laughs> and then... I, one of the okay, I don't know if I could say that one on air. That one's actually not, not too appropriate for our sensitive ears listeners. Oh shoot, darn, dang! Uh, I I was thinking about the English line, right? But it would be a little different because it's Tommy, so it'd be like yeah. um, English. I don't speak English. <laughs> you know, he's got he's got that really thick accent. It's very thick. I can't do it so well. But uh, back to the Gotham thing, Brando. Before I forget it, because I'm totally going to if I'm not careful. My thought would be when Dave Mezu gets like 23 or 24, announce that he's going to be officially franchised in as Batman and make Gotham the literal origin story of his Batman. So by the time he actually gets the full suit, you start putting him in feature films. You limit his appearances, you evolve him, and he grows up with the character. That doesn't mean he can't do other movies, and he doesn't have to be typecast as always being Bruce Wayne. I just think it would be the most historic and totally different thing for uh, a company to do to make the TV show the actual legitimate groundwork that builds their movie universe in a world where they haven't done that yet. You would think they would have done that with Smallville because that was set up so perfectly almost in time for that uh, because especially in Smallville we never, never actually see Clark with the suit um, prototype suits though yeah but you never actually get that moment of him with the him with the cape and the tights but I've been Ooh. playing a game Nate speaking of Batman oh yeah let's talk I, about it I've been playing the Telltale Batman game and how you like it uh, have you have you played the season one I have not played any of the Telltale Batman game yet because I've been playing the Telltale Guardians game that they fixed. I'm so happy they fixed oh, they that glitch fixed. so I can actually play. I'm ar- I've already downloaded episodes four and five. I just got to finish them and play them. Okay, so they're on season two. Season one is free right now if you're a PS Plus member, if you're listening to this during the appropriate time. So definitely go check this out if you're a Batman fan. They mess with some continuity stuff. They mess with some different things. That's kind of cool. Interesting. And all right, because we get to find out more history about Thomas and Martha Wayne. Ooh, develop a backstory a little more, huh? Yeah, and see them okay. as people, not just as murder victims. Well, uh, Harvey Dent is running for mayor. Like it against uh, longtime mayor uh, Mayor Hill, 
And he's not Bo- going for DA. Is this pa- after his DA run? He is DA. He is current DA. He is current DA. Okay, gotcha. Um, and he's running for mayor. And you know, Bruce backs, you know, financially is backing Dent, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, and they're friends. This is the point where him and Bruce are pretty close, and they're friends. And you guys are having like a little fundraiser event at Wayne Manor, and an unannounced guest shows up, and it's Carmine Falcone. And you talk to him, and he kind of basically makes a threat, get out of the way, all this kind of stuff. And then shortly after that, you know, it kind of depends on what your actions are because you can you can choose to shake Carmine's hand or not. If you shake his hand, everybody sees it. And then kind of lends into the fact of the tabloids or the newspapers saying that you welcome him into your home. Oops. Oops. <laughs> I was just being a nice guy. I'm like, ah, I got it. Because I'm thinking I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne. I kind of got to play up the. Be the good guy, even though it's Carmine Falcone and he's uh you know, the crime lord of Gotham yeah. at this point. Right. So then it comes out that the Wayne family fortune has been linked to the mob, Carmine Falcone. And then you find out that three people ran Gotham back in the day. Mayor Hill, Falcone, Thomas Wayne. They all ran together. Thomas Wayne got the land for Wayne Tower, took it from the Cobblepots. Ooh, I love that. And he declared, uh, I can't remember her name now, but Mama Cobblepot, criminally insane, or just declared her insane in a lifetime, you know, he, he put her away in Arkham. Gertrude Cobblepot would be her name. I don't remember what they named her in this show, or in this thing. It, it may be the same, it may not be. So... That's very interesting. Then it, then, then uh, you know, then you go back to the murder scene. You know, and you're sitting there with Alfred, and Alfred knew about this, and Alfred said, "You know, I had my bags packed. I couldn't stand to be around your dad anymore because I was gone, and then they were killed. But I couldn't leave you." Damn. And then, you know, from every from what Bruce remembers, this was just a mugging. But then he remembers something that Joe Chill said, something about Falcone. And the and it wasn't just a mugging. The Waynes got murdered, and it was a hit. Oh, shit. That's kind of awesome. That's pretty accurate. Like, a lot of what you're saying isn't the same. I don't want you to assume that. Uh, but it definitely has some really beautiful similarities to how the seasons of Gotham play out. Because uh, while Carmine isn't directly involved with the hit of the Waynes, he is very remorseful that it happens. There's a moment in Gotham Season 2, I think, where he actually speaks with Bruce. And he's like, you know, your father was a great man. I would never have wanted him dead, and and there needs to be justice for whoever did this or whatever. But more interesting than Carmine dealing with Bruce in that younger moment, the storyline of Gotham that I think I really want to see played out in other mediums is actually Jim Gordon and Carmine Falcone. Because, and this is directly tied back to the comics, Jim Gordon's dad was actually younger friends with Carmine before the mob shit. They were, and then they they came up together. And then Carmine turned bad, and Jim's dad turned good. And it was this, you know, exactly the, the you know, the journey's end or, or, you know, whatever. Okay, so... 
you confront Carmine Falcone. And he's kind of toying with you, playing the whole role, you know. What are you going to do to me, kid? What age do they have him at, if you don't Car- mind? If you, Car- yeah. Carmine? He, yeah, is he, he like an older, older man? Older dude. Grade? Yeah. Good. Uh, he's voiced by the guy that plays Sully in the Uncharted series. Oh, that's awesome. Batman is voiced by Troy Baker. Cool. Uh, he played uh, Booker in Bioshock yep. Infinite. He played the Joker in Arkham Origins. Yeah, so he's played with Batman and Joker. That's kind of cool. awesome. He should do uh, a voice thing where he talks to himself. He also he also played Harvey and Two Face in Arkham City. Wow, he's that was done it all. Same dude. Um, anyway, um, you you find out due to like okay, so there's this drug that basically removes your inhibitions. And makes you start like saying stuff you really mean, or it removes you feel, like, your filter. Yeah, and th- during the debate with Dent and Hill, Cobblepot comes out, and there's this new uh, group called the Sons of Arkham. We don't, and which I've only you, they've only shown the leader Mass. We don't know who he is yet, Ooh. and they, he injects both of these guys with this stuff, and you find out. Hill had the Waynes killed. Oh, shit. That is an interesting twist. And then there's a moment where you have to choose to save Dent or Selena, Catwoman. And if you don't save Dent, he gets a big, uh, one of those big uh, spotlights uh-huh. dropped on his face. Oh. <gasps> I like that. That's a different way to do it than it being acid every and then, time. So I saved Dent, but so Dent ends up becoming mayor because Hill he gets turn killed. Him into Two Face. Hill gets killed. Uh, Cobblepot shoots him on live TV. Nice. What happens to Selena? Uh, she just gets shot, but she gets away. Oh, that's good. Um, so Bruce goes to talk to Dent in the office. And Dent lets a little bit of that duality slip in. Ooh. And he slips into the voice. And, you know, he's sitting there, and he's trying to get a, he's, a, he's, he's trying to get this Sons of Arkham thing under control. He's trying to get all this stuff. It's all, all the weights on him at once, you know? And he goes, and then he's trying to help. He's, like, trying to get Bruce to kind of help him out with some stuff. And he's like, he's like, this is the best thing for us. This is the best thing for Harvey. And he goes... Bruce is like, who is us? And he's like, oh, sorry, Bruce. <sighs> Just kind of lost myself there for a second. I'm sorry. And it's like, and then he's like, you need to call that therapist. <laughs> and it's, oh, I love that they're it was, it was sprinkling great. it in. Yes. It, it, so he could still turn before this is all said and done yes, just by different yes, means. And yes. it's already planted. Yes. But then the whole the whole thing because when you go see him after the him getting his face smashed, he's got half of his face bandaged up, and you almost had the same conversation with him as if he just got beat up. Oh, and but he's still kind of he's still venting. He still kind of has the issues. But as with the real problem with Two Face, it's all up here anyway. Have you played this twice and made multiple decisions? Is that how you know that? I'm still or? going. I'm still going through my first one. What'd you do? Look it up. What the alternate decision would have led to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. After I played it, I'm like, so because in the moment they make you choose, and I'm like, 
what if I wouldn't have? And that's what I did. So um, this has five episodes. I'm on episode three. Sweet. I'm really digging it. I'm definitely going to have to buy a physical copy. It is for the Switch. So Ooh. I'll, I'll probably be picking it up like over there just so I can have another Switch game. The only issue I have with these games, man, is that now they're putting these discs out as a season pass disc. And you get this the first episode on the disc and the rest of them are all download. I don't like that. When they did it with The Walking Dead and with some of these other ones, Wolf Among Us, they released... They waited to release the physical copy until all the episodes were out, and they put those on the disc. So I'm hoping that since the Switch is the Switch card, and Season 1 of Batman has been out for a little while, that it's all on that one thing. And they're rolling out Season 2 now, and the Riddler is involved. So I'm, really looking, I'm really looking forward to it, because I'm really enjoying this whole like different side to the whole Waynes and everything, and seeing as how you know they're all meant to be like, they had their mask too, you know. Everybody's got their their other side, the duality. I love that. I think that's the, I think that's one of the most beautiful parts about. And I don't mean this as the show. I mean this as the city. Gotham brings out the duality in everybody. Mm-hmm. It literally is the city that pushes people either to the light or the dark, or forces them to find a balance of both. See, and playing these game, and playing this game. Uh, it's totally not what I've been doing. I've been all Switch. Now I want to replay the freaking Arkham series. Now I want to go through play Arkham Origins again. Oh my I'm god, not, I love that game. I want to play those in chronological. I've thought about it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Play Origins, Origins, Arkham City, and then Night. Um, the only issue is, is that like they they haven't put out a newer version of Origins. They 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 did do a remaster of Asylum and City because those are the Rocksteady games. They called that what like the Arkham Return to Arkham. Return to Arkham. That's right. And part of me wants to get that because I end up switching systems and getting that uh, Arkham Knight for the PS4. So I'll get those yeah. games and put the like those on the PS4 because I've got the all the other ones uh, on the 360. But same, I, I'm I'm in a real big Batman kick now. I'm really digging the way they're telling the story, and of course it's a telltale. So it, you know it's all pretty much you talking and then fast or you know kind of like um, quick time events. But it is very fun to play, and I'm really enjoying the storyline play through. Uh, when when you first you first meet uh, Catwoman, right? She's the first uh, character that you really meet, and you kind of have a fight with her, and you end up smashing in like her goggle, and it kind of like gives her a black eye, and then she, uh, she ends up scratching your like 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 your face with her claw, and of course that's you know that's visible. So then when you first meet Selena, she is Harvey's girl that he's seeing and she she got a black eye and then he's got that harvey walks away and she goes cool to see you again without the without the get up and you, and you'd be like sorry about the black eye she was not the first one i've had <laughs> you know damn and instantly those two know who each other are and i like that because that's not how how they always do that yeah, I love that. It, it, that I think that's an interesting thing to, that we don't talk about enough is the, what do you think about that, Brando? Is that one thing that is the best payoff of superheroes in general is when somebody finds out the truth about who their identity really is? It can be if it's done really well. I've always do you think liked, that's why Marvel's lacking? There's not a lot uh, of that. Everybody knows who everybody is for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I know. Uh, 
that's one of my favorite things that like you know and like Batman Begins. It's not who I am underneath or on the outside or whatever. However he says it. It's what I do that defines, defines me. me. Yeah. And, and then he says it again as Bruce. Well like 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 well like no, she says that to him and she goes you know cuz cuz because cuz Bruce is like this isn't really cuz she calls him out when he's being the whole playboy with the girls by in the hotel and he goes this all this you know he's trying to be genuine and goes this isn't me. He's trying to let her know that I'm just kind of playing up. She goes it's not who you are uh, I, 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 I kind of underneath. It's uh it's what you do that defines you. So then when he saves her again later on as Batman uh, and he's he's about ready to go try and save the day. She goes, "You never told me who you were," you know. Or, or, or she goes, I don't, "I don't even know your name." And he's like, "It's," and he goes, "It's not who I am underneath. It's what I do that defines me." And he says that exact same thing and flies off. And she knows it instantly who it is. Yep. And I, I like that because it's not like, "What's up, babe? It's me, Bruce." <laughs> I, I I like how how it's that moment. It's something that was built up. It was a seed that was planted. I liked it when. Um, you know, and, and to that other notion, it works for some characters. The whole Iron Man reveal of him, like I'm Iron Man, and it, it works for it works for Tony. That would not work for Batman. No. Nope. Uh, so I I really dig it. I, I dig it that when even with so, so something so silly as Superman, when Lois kind of figures it out, you know, it's like here's this guy that I've been like gawking over, and he's been sitting next to me all this time. You know, yep. it's that. It's that kind of thing. Sometimes it's right. What's what's right in front of you that you don't mm-hmm. see, right? I love right. that. I playing through that Batman thing. You know, you were talking about Gotham and how and how great it's been. You know, I, it makes me yearn for a full on caped crusader Batman on TV, given an hour a week. Let them tell their story. You can almost do a villain of the week story in with that because Batman's always prowling about. Yep. But then you could also have it build towards a bigger villain towards the season. I mean, there are so many great rogues in Batman's entire arsenal, and you got to think they have a lot of those players on the board already in in mm-hmm. Gotham, and they're doing it so brilliantly. And the reason they're doing it so brilliantly is it seems like there's always like the big bad, the middle bad, and then the pawns. But the pawns start off as what you think is the big bad. Until you learn about the middle bad, and then you think the middle bad is your big bad, and then you learn the middle bad is just a pawn, and that helps to to, to further develop the characters within that. Uh, so yes, I totally agree. And this and 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 the Telltale version, Oswald and Bruce grew up together, and they were buds. Oh, that's interesting. And so they were they're like old time friends, and it's with 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 the Waynes and the Cobblepots, you know, and. Oswald comes back into town want, wanting a revolution, and that that and that involves taking out who's in charge. But of course, we all know that he that he becomes a big crime boss. Yep. So I, it makes me wonder how they're going to end up with the Cobblepot character in this version. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be him taking over? You know, like that part of the crime family in Gotham. What's going on, What's going on with Harvey? Because we're already seeing you know sprinkles of that. The whole thing where she, uh, Selena's, been, you know, Selena's with Harvey, but then she's also kind of getting this thing with Bruce, and they're getting closer and they're having some moments. However, it's sprinkled in throughout the thing where she always kind of does what benefits her when it's in the right moment. You know, it's like, can you truly trust Selena? 
And that's always like, and, and, and that's true for a lot of the iterations of, like, of the character. Can you truly trust her? Because she's always going to benefit her herself first. And if that benefits her by making out with Bruce and making him trust her more, and then kind of turning on him later, even though she, part of her may not want to do that, but it's going to help benefit her and her cause. Totally. Totally love that. I can't wait to play that game. I'm definitely going to try to pick that up soon, at least season one, because season two just started, right? Season one's done already. I think they're in the middle of season two, but season one's been done, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So uh, I want to. We're still talking about Batman here, Brando. Here's another thing about Batman. I don't know if you know this. There's a rumor that's really getting some steam right now. Do you know about this rumor? It's our replacement for Ben Affleck. It's yeah. getting close to becoming official, and it's terrifying me. But it seems that Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal will be the next Batman. Yeah. What do you think about this? I don't think he's the worst actor I've ever seen. Okay. I, I don't want people, because I'm going to be a little negative, but I don't want it to be like, I want to preface it by with something that lets people know that I don't hate the guy. And I, because I've never have. I've seen him in things I like, I've seen him in things I don't like. Okay. Could he be a good Bruce Wayne? Possibly, yes. Could he be a good Batman? Can he take himself there? There's. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, you, you have to think about the character that Batman is the character, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yep. You know, that is something you've got to try and, like, that's been true on, like, a lot of different iterations of this character. That is the best way that I've ever heard it described. Kevin Conroy said that's how he approaches the character. When he, when he plays Bruce Wayne, he is playing more of a masked character than when he's playing Batman. Correct. So he's so he's like using his using his tone and he's being a lot lighter and he's like he's like I'm you can almost sense that there's a little bit of like insincerity about that. He's being too light with his voice. But at this point, if that's who Matt Reeves wants, what made him think that he has to have had read. He has to have had said. Let's let's do this. Show me this, because all right, check this out. I, I just watched something, uh, part of something. It was like the making of episode one, the Phantom uh-huh. Menace. Uh-huh. And remember how weird and not good Jake Lloyd is as an actor. Yeah. yeah. And then go watch the other kids. They show some screen tests with the other kids that were like the final few. Oh. And he blows them out of the water. So it's like an obvious choice at that point. Clearly he's the winner, but then when he got to the screen, that that you know that that tells me that it's the director, Brando. It's not the actor. No. He acted the same. Oh. Weird. We just don't buy it. Because it's the dialogue. Part of it's the dialogue. Bad, poorly written dialogue, yeah. But like this kid takes the script and puts emphasis on this, puts emphasis like says this, says it like this. As a kid does that. And the other the other kids are just reading it. So are there other people out there who could play Batman now? Sure. But what about Jake Gyllenhaal is making Matt Reeves go, I want this guy. I think he can do it. Donnie Darko. Some, well, that can't be it. There's, I don't uh, know, just... 
He's not a goddamn bunny robot. Oh, nice old school JIC reference. Batman is not a goddamn robot with rabbit okay. ears. <laughs> so, in some cases, you know, you're thinking, you know, is it the directing? Is it the writing? You know, sometimes let's just sit back and let this kind of come to fruition because no matter what we do, no matter what we say, this is either going to happen or it's not. So let's, we can be critics all we want, but I'm definitely going to wait and see what it looks like, what it feels like. Because I think Jalen Hall is, is at this moment or he has this ability to completely, for me, I'll buy it or I won't. And if he's got you sold, you're sold though. Yeah, exactly. That's I, very it, well. That's very true. I like. There's a lot of people that. who are like, "Oh, Affleck is Batman. That's gonna suck," and he's not. He's he, a good he Batman. Was, he was a great Batman. They did a he, great job making him a very believable Batman. And I, I love the insecurity that he brings in forward. I love the the older grizzled version. You, you know, we're coming off of Christian Bale, who was a really good Bruce Wayne and Batman in itself, even with the voice. Uh, even if that was overkill, think about how successful those three movies were to a lot of people. That is Batman. Yep. You know, to me, Michael Keaton was a Batman, you know, but, and then you look at a lot of the other Batmans that, that have ever played Batman. You're looking at Val Kilmer. Bad. Good ba- well, I think is a great Bruce Wayne. Yes. Terrible I, Batman though. I don't, I don't think he, that, that he's, he's quite George Clooney. If you're looking at an Adam West era type Batman, I think he's great. Any other any other iteration of that, trying to think this is the Dark Knight, is doesn't work. Uh, so when you're thinking about oh, and then Kevin Conroy, to me, Kevin Conroy is very much is Batman as he has every right to be as to- associated with that role as any of the others, even if he is just a voice, because he does more with that voice that a lot of these other guys do on on a big screen. He has. There's a reason why he's been Batman for 20, 30 years, even if there have been other ones sprinkled in. He is the voice of Batman. When I read Batman comics, I hear Kevin Conroy. It's true, because he is the voice. The only one I think that drifted out of that was Dark Knight Returns, and then that's because he's a little bit older. And and even though Batman Beyond gave us old man Batman there with like pretty much this like, like grumpy Bruce Wayne... I didn't read uh, returns quite like that, but when I first, like when I when I read Hush, to me Kevin Conroy is that voice. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the best way to read comics, in my opinion, is with the especially when you read Joker and you think about Mark Hamill. Those two just uh, forever in my mind are the voices of those characters. If you were to quantify what the comic voices sounded like, also mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all here, Brando. Uh, we're not done with interesting, you know, crazy casting news. I don't know if you're aware of this at all, man. Uh, so there was a report that was coming out that Spidey's gonna appear in Venom. We're getting Spider-Man in Venom, but wait, that's not true either because it looks like we're only getting Peter Parker in Venom. How that works, how you have Parker and no Spidey, meaning Tom Holland has agreed he's gonna be in Venom. What? What? And then, of course, then that begs to question, if that is the case, if Venom includes Tom Holland, by default, you have officially stated Venom is canon to the MCU, which means it's got to be a better fucking movie 
than that trash Sony's been doing before. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Sony has done nothing but trash Spider-Man films. I love, what is it, five out of the seven. Six out of the seven, really, because only Spider-Man 3 to me doesn't hold a candle to anything else. But Spider-Man 1 and 2, awesome. Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, awesome. Homecoming, awesome. Civil War, awesome. Spider-Man 3, fucking emo. That's not Venom. Get out of here. Sandman was the best part. It makes That's- you wonder. Um, I, I'm generally excited to see how, the, how they do it because we're in a day and age now where with with comic book characters where you don't necessarily need to do a direct and full-blown origin story with it. So uh I think it'd be like you could almost and 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 this wouldn't be good. This is why I'm not a filmmaker. But you but you could just have him like thud on a building and go, "I'm Venom." Yeah. You want to know my backstory? Go read a fucking book, and then he just jumps off the damn building. Is like, 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 yeah, I've got stuff going on, and he's just like, wait, what the hell? And you're like, and then you're like, but over the course of the dialogue and through the course of the story, you kind of realize, okay, he's he's in the Spider Verse, he's got this and that. It it would be cool if you could just jump into the character and get some of that backstory stuff sprinkled in, to where you're already invested into this guy as a character as Eddie Brock, and you get more invested into that. And then you get like, how did he become Venom? Well, then this happened, and then, then this happened, and then he's got this backstory over here. But that's not the that's that's not the selling point of the story. We're huh. well, think about it because when you go to the Incredible Hulk, they don't do the 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 origin, the origin story of that at all. It's just, that's like the opening credits is the origin story, which I when liked. You, yeah, and then so when you go into like. Homecoming, no origin story. Yeah, or, or yeah, Homecoming has an origin story. Like, he, yeah, okay, he was made by a spider. And neither seen it. N- and neither does Civil War, which is the preamble. Exactly. Like they just said, oh yeah, he's doing this, he's doing that. And then you go like Ant Man had an origin story, but it's a new Ant Man, so he had a, the original had an origin story, but they don't really touch on it. There's different and unique ways that we can tell a story now that doesn't just have to be him uh, standing underneath the bell tower having the symbiote fall on him. However, Brando, Venom doesn't come out till October. Mm-hmm. Infinity War is in May. Mm-hmm. You're trying to evolve and level up the overall MCU. You, technically speaking, have 99% of your properties usable at this point. Marvel and Disney have almost every character back home in some form or fashion and usable, right? Why don't you make Spider-Man get the symbiote at the end of Infinity War? And don't tell that story. Don't tell what happened to him during that time. Tell that in Venom. Not necessarily all the way through. Like, you're not going to directly have Spider-Man, obviously, so you can't really do Black Suit or anything. But you can have Parker losing the suit at the beginning of the movie. And guess what you do with Homecoming 2? Which is what we're going to call this for now. You, You fucking tell that story. How did he get the symbiote? What happened to the symbiote? How did he get off of him? What did he do? What did it turn him to? We saw what it did to Eddie Brock. What the fuck did it do to our Spider-Man? You're almost Tarantinoing it in a way because you're telling the Eddie Brock story first, and then you're going back retroactively and telling it later. Which I mean, it, that definitely could work. I mean, because I'm just saying a cool workaround. 
films, you know, a lot of people argue that, well, people, well, they, like, nobody goes see it because they know how it ends. Well, that was the whole point of the Star Wars prequels is that we kind of knew how these movies were going to end. And they stood, still did really, really great in box office and whatnot. Every, every single year they were the top box office, box office earnings. So. And we talk about them to this day. Even though yeah. the prequels weren't the best, we're still talking about them. Yeah. So uh, they're divisive, uh, yeah, no less. You know, it, it, it's funny watching that whole Phantom Menace thing that I was talking about, watching George and them make this movie and them talking about budget, them talking about all this and that. It it really kind of opens your eyes, and it's not just so, wow, that, you know, that you, you think about that movie with such a negative connotation, but to get an even glimpse behind the scenes of what they were going through to make that movie gives you a little bit more respect for what they were doing. They they were really ambitious. Where can I find this? Is this on the Blu-rays? It, it, it might be on the Blu-rays. It, 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 it's like, but it was on YouTube. It, it, like Star Wars uploaded it like in 2014. It was just like a one hour long thing. Maybe I'll send you the link. It, it, it just kind of cool because it's, it just kind of shows you like them wanting, all wanting, like him and the, the producers and then the actors and then how excited they all were and then, you know, them trying to make this cool new story. And then there's a whole scene with uh, George Lucas showing, uh, showing like a mock-up, like a thing of, of, of like the droid, of like, like a droid soldier to... Oh, sweet. To Spielberg. And then he, and Spielberg's like, he's like, so what we got here? And George is like, this is essentially like the, like the stormtrooper like of the movie. And he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, they all march and he's talking about this, like, he's like, essentially, like, you know, they come to realize that these are just, these are like very, like, these, these are under par. These aren't, <laughs> we could do better. He goes, Jedi's just cut through them like butter. You know, they're like, not, like, these things are really just fodder. He goes, but what, like, like when you, he starts like describing this big battle scene and like, of like, of like Napoleon esque with these big marching armies with the Gungans and the droids and all this stuff. And he's, he's like, you have this big kind of like war, like war and peace type battle at, at, like at the end. He goes, you got like the space battle stuff, but then you got this ground battle marching and all this stuff going on. He goes, that's going to be really cool to shoot. And it, like how, how grandiose his vision was. And like they were actually going to do Jar Jar only as the face as, a CG because they had the actor walking in the suit. But then they realized with the amount of shots that he was in versus the animation for the head versus the animation for the full body was only going to cost them an extra million dollars. Might as well and, just go all the way and make it well, really look solid. Well, you know, and, and George is like, well, a, a million saved is a million earned. He was still kind of like, well, let's see. But obvi- it's obvious they went with a full, uh, full, full CG thing. But it was just... The guy that plays Jar Jar is in the movie, not as Jar Jar, also. Yeah, and he's in the bar scene. Um, but it was just really cool to like let you know have a little bit of a wake up call. Let you know, as fans, as critics, we think about the the like the finished product so much, and maybe it's just me. I, I, I'm so fascinated by making films that let's take a seat back and let's look at the process of what they went through to get here to there. And it, it's almost, I I almost have the same thing with people who like dog on St. Anger, you know, I'm like, if you want to give that album a chance, go watch some kind of monster and you'll have a new respect for it. I like that. I'm, I'm really excited to watch this documentary at some point that you're going to hopefully possibly send to me. Uh, Brando, I think we should maybe end the show on some comic book news. We are a comic book show. I have a little oh, bit of news to bring yeah. to you. Do you know about oh, this yeah. news? Oh wait, I think I did. I typed it right. Did I type it? I typed. Did it. you type it? Did I you think type I it typed right? It. 
Did maybe you typed it wrong? I or maybe might you have. typed it left. Well, we put this. The show has been pushed back two days because of situations. So and yeah. So I can't then, believe um, I forgot the XLR cable. That was ridiculous. Action Comics One Thousand. Ah, there it is. I knew I wrote it down. I just oh and here you it have is. a few more ideas. Oh, I have a few more instead of a few more ideas. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but for a long a time, well. Superman has not had red tights like the underwear like he did back in the day. They got rid of it. They made it all solid blue, right? He hasn't been wearing the fruit of his looms. Correct. He's not looming it up. He's not wearing his undies on the outside, Captain Underpants style. Listen, Superman has a very distinct image. He's a part of history. He's mm-hmm. a very legendary character. He will be the first comic book-based superhero that's very specific. I have to say that because there are anti-heroes that have long since destroyed this record. But Superman and Action Comics will be the first comic-based or the first superhero-based comic book to reach 1,000 consecutive issues. Of course, the first comic book to reach 1,000 consecutive issues. Do you know what that is, Brando, by any chance? Mm, Spider-Man? Judge Dredd. Spider-Man is almost to 800. Uh, and, and that's some news I have, too. See, look at you. You unlocked more news for me. That was great. <laughs> that was like you accidentally just beat a boss on hard mode and then a locked free play or some shit. So here's the deal, Brando, on the side. So yes, okay, 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 okay. okay. It's cool. I'm excited that they're bringing the red tights back for Action Comics 1000. Superman, obviously, heavily featured in Action Comics. He, he, his first appearance is Action Comics 1. Nick Cage had one that was stolen. It's over a million-dollar book. It's him lifting the car. You guys know about the history and blah, 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 blah. So it's really cool to see these red shorts come back. That's one thing that's cool that's happening in comics. On the flip, here's an interesting thing, Brando. Around Amazing Spider-Man 565, I think. That's a guess. Don't quote me on that, folks, but I think it was around 565. I've slept since then. It's right there. I can I can kind of see it in my box, but I can't get to it. Dan Slott took over writing for Spider-Man. He's been writing Spider-Man for a very long time. He not only wrote Spider-Man, he killed Peter Parker, wrote him out of Spider-Man, wrote Superior Spider-Man, which is arguably one of the coolest side stories they've done in the Spider-Man's eminent history. Uh, I love the Superior Spider-Man being Doc Ock. Dan Slott is finally leaving Spider-Man. And his final issues are going to be 796 to 802. Uh, And he has introduced a new villain into the uh, Marvel Universe that accidentally was already spoiled who uh, who the man behind the mask is. Thanks, Canada Amazon. Uh, a listing posted that had the full description for the uh, collected paperback that said exactly who the final who the villain was in this story well before they finished writing it. So who knows? Maybe they'll uh, switch to Doozle Roozle it, and you know they can always change things. Comics can be rewritten way before. I mean, uh, if he's collecting, I think seven ninety six just came out. So we're a few issues here away from the end of this story. It is possible for them to go, okay, you guys spoiled this thing. We're going to change it on you. So I'm not going to spoil. Well, I'll spoil it because fuck it. But uh, spoilers from here on out, folks. There's a new villain in the Spider-Man universe called Red Goblin. And it's like an eviler, more vicious, more death is the only answer for Parker 
and Spider-Man type goblin, right? And I haven't read this yet. I'm just reading this from what the article was telling me. So this red goblin is this mysterious character. They have no idea who he is. He's violent and crazy and never anything like Parker has ever faced before. He's even more chaotic than, say, Carnage, right? Problem is, is that that Canadian Amazon revealed that it's Norman Osborn the whole time. It's just Norman in a different colored suit, which kind of takes away from it. So I'm hopeful that if that spoiler is true, they switch it and actually have a real, uh, you know, shocking twist that we don't see coming for it's Dan Slott's finale. It's it, it, it's actually Uncle Ben from. But- Oh my god, that would actually work because when they did Edge of Spider-Verse and then they did the whole Spider-Verse story, there was a universe where Parker was killed, very much like Flashpoint, and Ben was Spider-Man. Of course, well, he's a little slower, a little more out of shape, and couldn't quite do it as good. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not even his, his Uncle Ben, it's like the rice maker. Oh, gee. <laughs> Just some guy. Hey, he, he's Parker. He's the dude that's on the cover of, like, of, like, of like Uncle Ben's rice, and it's... Uncle Ben, <laughs> he's like it's, it's like the Scooby Doo ending. It's like I'd have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. See, I thought about that more as wrestling, and it's Uncle Ben. It was me, Parker. It, it was, was me, me all, along. all along. He's like, <laughs> I eat your rice but, all the time, <laughs> and, and and you're not the guy I watched die on the street that day. This is fucking <laughs> weird, dude. This throwing is my chi off. This is why we're not comic book writers. Right no, because we would just go for the weirdest, most bizarre. I, I've always said, though, I would love to someday get my hands on the opportunity to write a story for one of the major characters. Not to say that it would be like an official thing, but just to write a cool story, I think, would be a lot of fun, Brando. I don't know. Wait, we do have one more piece of news that's not necessarily comic comic book related, but it's comic book TV show related. Scott Gimple. You're gone, bitch. You're gone. You out. Uh, the Walking Dead. Well, you killed got it. A promotion. Oh, lame. <laughs> he wasn't fired. Yeah, he got a promotion, and now some other showrunner is going to come in and take over his spot. Um, but, bizarre timing, you know. Well, I, I mean, some people are wondering, like, well, are they going to be able to change? No, they're not going to change, dude. Carl's dead. Or he's not. I still argue that he could have been bit by a whisper. That would be they, cool. They've come out and said that nope, 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 and nope. Uh, well, to all the other theories, they've said I, nope. He got bit by a Walker. I don't see this lasting more than its next season that they officially got renewed for season nine. I think season nine will be the final season of The Walking Dead. Then I've heard Norman Reedus hates the show now. He's very upset with how they did that. That he was not happy with the death of Carl. I've also heard that Andrew Lincoln is unhappy that that is what happened. And that's what kind of leads me to think, if all these major stars are so upset that that's the move they made, why did they make that move? And I think it's just they're throwing us off, man. I don't think that Carl's really going to have been bit. I think this is very much like that whole, everyone's looking so hard to see that he is dead, and it's so, there's no way they'll undo this now because there's so much controversy that, wouldn't it be the craziest thing if they did undo it and it wasn't really what happened, you know? Yeah, they cut his hair. You can fucking wear a wig. He can wear a wig and pull that off till his hair grows yeah, back. Yeah, but they've already filmed it. They've already said their goodbyes. They've already finished the season. He's dead. And they, the basically what Andy Lincoln has come out and said is that that moment changes everything. 
It changes everything for Rick because it changes everything for the show that that losing Carl changes the story tremendously. And uh, that that's what we're, what we're going to be looking at from part one in the first half to part two uh, going forward with the war on Negan. And this is like something else that that Rick is going to have to come to terms with. And apparently we are going to be seeing more um, more uh, future stuff uh, flash forwards. Ooh, flash forwards are interesting because I want to go back and rewatch the first episode of this season and see if Carl's there. By the way, Brando, remember that thing we were doing off air? Yeah. This thing? Somebody yeah. who posted this post liked my comment. Oh. So, there you Sweet. go. We're going to make shit happen, and then we might get somebody like that on the podcast. That'd be cool. Make a life friend. That'd be cool. That'd be, that'd, maybe, that'd be really maybe, cool. maybe he and I will become best buds. <laughs> oh my god oh sorry i had to that happened. It was it was so there also i want podcastrophy to officially have shirts that just say in the hulk I'm, I'm i'm actually going to design this so it's it's going to already have hit by the time blaine and everybody gets to listen to this they're already going to have seen it in the jic network group but they need to have a hulk hogan shirt that just says herdage but in the With Hulkamania font, her yes, yes, we need that. Oh my gosh! Tell me, tell me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it happen. You just you just wait. I promise well, you. It's funny because I was reading uh, off air. We were talking about the stuff that's going on currently with like our government and everything. And I, I I said I was reading the history of like U.S. government shutdowns, and um, uh, the last one had had like had to do a little bit with like Ted Cruz. And the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> and when I read it, I couldn't, I couldn't un, I could not read it that way. I can't unhear that word now in Tyler's voice, most specifically. Like while you and Blaine introduced that term to me first, Tyler's delivery of that is like it just sticks in my brain. When I hear that word now, it's Tyler yelling it. Heritage. Oh, you know? dude. If only you could have been there for the actual like. I wish. I still wish. That term. By the way, how how does that make you feel? I, I want this is probably the last thing we'll talk about on the air before we call this episode. But uh, how does it make you feel that your job is literally like the training grounds for JICN? It's like our performance center, <laughs> <laughs> in a way. In a way, sure. There's a cat that we work with now. Meow. Uh, they need to get him on the air, and he is just so he. Maybe it wouldn't be as funny like on air. I don't know. It's one of those things that maybe you put a microphone in front of him, he clam up. But he says some of the some of the most off the wall shit. And yeah, it's pretty funny. I like off the wall shit. I also yeah. liked podcastrophy last week. Folks didn't listen. Rollover turned. It was hilarious. Uh, all right, so there like, like there was me and me and this kid were talking one day, and this kid's like twenty years old, and he's all like, you know, I just. I just don't really... He has a lisp, guys. I'm not making fun of him. It's just the way he talks. I'm just doing my impersonation. Hi, Cameron. Um, oh, I've heard of Cameron before. What up, Cam? And he's all like, yeah, I just don't really know if I need Oprah running for president. We already got too many people who don't understand politics. You know what's funny? I think this is two weeks in a row we brought up politics. I think you maybe talked about that to me off air last week or on air. I don't recall. I don't remember, but just politics cracked me the hell up. I'm like, that's it now. U.S. Politics. 
politics is awesome. I want to utilize that. We need to create a band. It needs to be somebody, somebody, like fake name and the politics. <laughs> I don't know what the name is. I don't know who the artist is that, like, Doug Dastardly or some shit and the politics. <laughs> Doug Dastardly. <laughs> I, I love... I love your names. Um, <laughs> I just come up with stupid shit. I feel like sometimes Stanley. I'm just like two first letter names. Make it work. Matt Murdock, uh, Peter Parker. I'm just Bruce thinking, Banner. Like, um, Reed Richards. Fred Fredrickson. Fred Fredrickson. Holy shit! And the Politics. I kind of like that. Uh, Turd Ferguson and the Politics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Your Burt Reynolds chew is stellar. I wish people on, like, that are listening to us could see you visibly just chew like that. Your Norm MacDonald, uh, 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 Burt Reynolds chewing is stellar. It's the best impersonation you have. No, I. <laughs> I still love Sean Connery's. What is it? He answers with eleven billion dollars. Eleven D is not a number. That's not what your mother said last night. You're back. <laughs> I'll take the penis for five hundred. That's the, penis the pen is. is. The oh, penis the, mightier. The, the pen is mightier. That's right. The penis mightier. <laughs> oh, my favorite uh, from th- from that bit overall that they've done on the Jeopardies was when one of the categories was the color yellow. All you had to do was say the color yellow, and no one would do it. <laughs> Words that end in hamburger. Oh my gosh! Yes. I like that one. I like um, uh, an album cover. I'll take anal, anal bum covers. <laughs> anal bum covers, yep. Ugh. I love it. I love it. I, Shit, I think, Brandon. I think that might wrap it for us this week. I, I don't know if there's much else to talk about. It has a- been a pretty slow um, news week for almost everything. Next episode, we'll be able to talk about the next Doomsday Clock, folks, because three drops this week. It'll drop on Wednesday. If you're listening to this today, hell yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I'm really, I really dug the first two issues. So, yeah, can't wait, can't wait. And then, of course, uh, in two or three weeks here, we're going to be having um, our next Walking Dead discussion. So, and something never happened that I wished would have happened, Brando, and I'm so bummed by it. So we just had issue 175 of The Walking Dead. This is 175 of JIC. The next Walking Dead is 176, but that's next week before it comes out. So then we will officially be ahead of The Walking Dead in numbers. We've caught it and gotten ahead of its monthly episodics versus ourselves. So, damn. I guess that's the way it was. Are you going to do the plugs? You want me to plug? I fucked up the plugs earlier. Maybe you should try them. You fucked up all the plugs. Guys, you can check us out on all kinds of podcast media. Of course, we're on iTunes. We're on our great hosts of Podbean. We are on Stitcher Radio and Google Play Music and Spotify, if that's where you want to download us, by all means. Get us on your favorite service. We're there. Of course, we're, you know, you want to reach out to us. You want to check us out what we're doing online. We're on Facebook. You know, we're on, uh, we're on Instagrams. We're on, you know, at Journey to Comics. We're on JIC Network on Twitter. We can find it. We, you know, we're sharing all the episodes. We're trying to interact with people the best we can. And is there another social media? I think that is the social media. Patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Join us for the road to Infinity War. I did not fuck that up. We are going through all the MCU movies. As I stated earlier in the episode, I just want you guys to know that seriously, 
we're doing this for y'all. If you're a patron, three bucks a month, you spend three bucks on bullshit every month. Throw it our way. It'll help us with hosting. It'll help us with travel. It'll help us go to cons. It'll help us do all kinds of shit. It'll help us with future branding and buying t-shirts that say heritage and all kinds of cool, crazy horse shit. So join us at patreon.com backslash journey into comics. I promise you, you will not regret donating your $3 a month to us because we're going to be bringing you all kinds of shit. Plus, you get early access to the network. All 10 shows. All 10 not nine, and then go to GameAddicts.com for Game Addicts. No, on our Patreon, you get all ten in one spot. You don't even have to search. You just join us, and then every time we're done you know, working on an episode, as soon as I'm done editing this, maybe even Sunday, which is today, it will go up before it officially goes up for you patrons. So that's all I've got, Brando. Is there anything else you want to add to our lovely episode of Journey into Comics today? No! That was my best, like, um, speedy announcer voice. I don't know. That was <laughs> speedy whatever. announcer voice. I love it. Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> folks, for this episode of Journey into Comics, it's been episode 175, and I've been Nate. I've been Brando. Keep filling your brains with shit, and don't forget to flush. <laughs>